All right. Hey, we have been in a uh, series called Big Ideas of the Bible. And uh, we started with redemption, remission, and reconciliation. And we've gone through covenant. Uh, last week, we talked about the kingdom of heaven. And let me just say thank you to the about dozen people that texted me, called me, uh, emailed me, said how much that meant to them. And even got a, got, a, got a text, either Wednesday, Thursday, somewhere around in there of somebody tell, telling me about a kingdom encounter they had at a grocery store, just loving on people. So thank you for uh, making me feel better about myself because I need that. And also, thanks for just uh, being who God called you to be. Amen. Well, let's dive into the word. There's a lot of things that we want to do this morning. Uh, we're going to be speaking about healing. We believe that healing is still very, very present, very, very evident in the body of Christ today, both uh, spiritually, emotionally, and physically. We believe God wants his body healthy. So we're going to talk this morning about uh, some proofs from the word of God that the Lord wants his people healthy. But the thing is, as, it, as Jesus started uh, his ministry, and I'm going to re be reading out of Mark chapter 5. I've got a lot of scripture this morning, so excuse me if I ju jump around some. There may not be time for you to get there. By the time you get there, I'm moving on to something else. And because we're doing communion at the end of the service, and plus we're going to be having a time of prayer for healing, I'm going to try to move pretty quickly. So I'm just going to throw some scriptures out. You can write them down if you need to, or you can go back and listen to the, the message again at nccTyler.org. You can hear any of our messages, or you can go to the Apple iTunes store and sign up for our podcast, and it'll come right to you. And thank you. In Mark 6, Mark 6, verses 5 and 6, it says, and let me, let me just preface this, in, in a... Uh, no, never mind. Go ahead. In Mark 6, verses 5 and 6, I was ahead of myself there. Sometimes my, my brain gets moving so fast that I can't keep up with my brain. You ever, you ever get that way? You're thinking two or three steps ahead, and then your mouth just says something, and you go, I shouldn't have said that yet. That was, that was a secret for later. So we'll get there, and you won't even know we got there. So never mind. Mark 6, verses 5 and 6. And because of their unbelief, he, he being Jesus, couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their unbelief. Jesus was amazed at their unbelief. Now, there are a lot of things that we would love to do and be here on this earth that would amaze God, right? This is not one thing that I want to amaze God with. I don't want to amaze God with my unbelief, right? Now, Jesus being Jesus, you know, you might think here he is, he's, in, he's, he's ministering to people, but because of their unbelief, they didn't believe who he was. They didn't believe the message that he was bringing that he could have just said, well, you know what? I'm going to Jerusalem or I'm going somewhere else. I'm going to go down the road, but that's not what he did. The rest of the scripture goes on to say, then Jesus went from village to village teaching the people. Why? Because he, he understood that unbelief is really just the result of either no teaching or bad teaching or wrong beliefs. 
He knew what was going on. So what he was doing was fixing the situation. So this morning, as we begin to, to speak about healing, healing can be a controversial subject in the body of Christ, even among what we would, what we would call spirit-filled believers. Because there's so many questions out there and there's so much goofiness that goes on out there too, right? We, we've all known some goofy people that believed in healing or have done something or you dance around, you fall down, you throw up, you do this, whatever it is. You do these things and then God will heal you. So we don't wanna be goofy, we just wanna be biblical, right? We believe the Word of God the way that it was written, and we believe that we can go to the Word of God, which is what we're going to do this morning, and we can see God's plan and purpose for His body, for His people, right? So we don't want to amaze Jesus with our unbelief, do we? We want to amaze Him with our ability to hear the Word and receive the Word. So I'm going to do a little demonstration right now because I know all of you are wondering why in the world does He have that basin up there, and I'm gonna move this because I might make a mess real quick. Uh, I've got this basin up here, it's got water in it. And as we're teaching this morning, or really any Sunday morning, you have options. You have options to listen, to receive, to be filled with the word, or you have options to not listen, to not receive. So, what I have right here is a representation of some Christians. This, this is, I play with this every night in the tub. Now, this belongs to my granddaughter. But this represents us sometimes. You know what? This duck he gets in the water. He comes out of the water. There's really no effect. Have you ever heard, ever heard the... The, the saying, like water off a duck's back. Yes. Sometimes we hear the word of God and we let it just roll off of us like it's rolling off a duck's back, right? We got a little bit wet, but it really didn't affect who we are. It really didn't affect the way we think. It really didn't change our life. Just like me putting this duck in the water, which you can't see. So this was not really well thought out. But uh, <laughs> we need to... We already need to, to plan to have a big jib arm up here or a crane, okay, so they can see what's going on up here. We don't want to be like this. We don't want to hear the word and just let it roll off of us. We don't want it to not affect who we are, right? We don't want it to not affect our, our belief system or our faith. Next, we have a sponge, right? What happens with the sponge when it goes in the water? I think it's full of water, but when it's outside the water, it's, well, it shouldn't be wet yet, but outside the water, it's just dry, right? So do you ever know anybody that they're either dry or they're completely wet? Their life goes kind of like this, up and down all the time. When they're dry, they're really dry. And when they go in the water, man, they're really wet, aren't they? The water kind of leaks out. There's really no purpose to the water leaking out. You ever know people like that too? They, boy, they, they hear something, they got to tell you all about it, don't they? they? They just leak all over the place. But you know what happens when the pressure comes? The word leaks out. There's no water left. We don't want to be like this either. Rather you be like this than the duck. But we don't want to just be dry. Man, when they're dry, Man, they're going through it, aren't they? Oh, 
It's just terrible. Life is terrible. And they come and they hear the word and they get excited about the word and then they're full. Pressure comes and then they're dry again. We don't want to be like that either, do we? So what do we want to be like? We want to be like my toy gun here. Because why? This can be full of water, just like the sponge can be, right? Put some water in it. It's a reservoir for the water. Do you know Ephesians chapter 5 says that the Lord sanctifies us by the washing of the word, the washing of the water of the word? So here we are. Pressure comes. It's not coming out, is it? It's not leaking like the, the sponge was, is it? Actually, it can be very purposeful. I don't know if I can get to, ooh, there we go. Uh, it, this can be very purposeful, right? It's full of water. It holds water like it's supposed to. And then at the right moment, at the right time, it releases the word. What are you going to be this morning? I went through all that. I went through that whole illustration just to ask you, what are you going to be this morning? When you come to church, when you come and the word's being preached, you have an opportunity. You can let it roll off your back. It doesn't really affect you. And you can be that up and down person. I'm either really wet or I'm really dry. Or you can be like the, the water gun that holds the water of the word and releases it to help other people. Amen. What are you going to be? What are you going to be? So this morning we're talking about healing. Five proofs that God desires you to be healthy. So here we go. Here's number one. Healing is in His name. Healing is in His name. In Exodus 15, verse 26... God speaking, he said, if you listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, obeying his commands and keeping all his decrees, then I will not make you suffer any of the, the diseases I sent on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord who heals you. For I am the Lord who heals you. You gotta understand that the, the, uh, the children of Israel had been in slavery for over 400 years. For 400 years, they had been living in Egypt. Egypt biblically always speaks about bondage. So here's the Lord taking his people out of bondage, and he's having to reintroduce himself to his people. He's not just coming along and going, hey, do what I tell you to do, and I'll do this. He is introducing himself to his people. He is saying, I am the God that heals. That is my name. He gives himself a name right here. Throughout scripture, we see some covenant names of God, and this is one of them. He's not just coming and saying, I am the God that heals. He is saying, my name is God who heals. And you can see that if you, if you break it down into the Hebrew just a little bit. Uh, the Lord, where it is Jehovah there, which means eternal one, but the word heals, that's really what I want to uh, look at for just a second. The word heals is the word is the Hebrew word Rapha, R-A-P-H-A, Rapha. Listen to what this means. Physician. 
healer of men, of hurts, of nations. Does our nation need some healing? I'd say so. Are there sometimes that we have hurts? Not, not, not just physical hurts, but emotional hurts that we need healing? It goes on. It, it, it means to cure, to repair brokenness. To cause to be thoroughly healed and whole. So when the Lord is introducing himself, because the, the children of Israel, they've heard about God for 400 years, but they've not really experienced God for 400 years. If LeBron James walked in, in these doors right now, probably everybody in here has heard of LeBron James. You probably know him. Uh, you've seen him on television. You've seen his highlight reel, those type of things. But if he walks in here, you may know who he is, but you don't know him, right? And he's going to come in here, and when he introduces himself to you, he's going to tell you, hey, I am LeBron James. This is what, what the Lord is doing. He's, he's brought the children of Israel out, but they don't really know him. They know about him, and he's saying, hey, I'm God, and my name is God Healer. Just as if I introduce myself, I don't say, hey, I'm the Chris Bauer. I say, I'm Chris Bauer. If LeBron was introducing himself, he wouldn't say, hey, I'm the LeBron James. He said, I am LeBron James. And this is God saying, I am Healer. This is my name. There is healing in his, if God is gonna name himself something, don't you think it means a lot to him? If he's going to say, this is who I am, this, this title right here, this name right here describes a portion of who I am. Don't you think that means a lot to him? I do. In fact, I believe that the covenant names of God always show us a place where God is bringing healing. Just a, a couple more before we move on. Uh, Jehovah Shammah the Lord ever present, or the Lord who is here. This is the Lord saying, I, hear, I heal your fear of abandonment. You ever felt left alone? You ever felt absolutely without somebody around you? Well, the Lord's saying, I'm here. I am the Lord that is here. So he, hear, he heals our, our fear of abandonment. Another is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, our provider, he heals our lack. He sustains our needs. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord, our peace. He heals our turmoil and anxiety. Aren't you glad that every time that the Lord shows up, there's healing available? Every time he comes on the scene, there's healing available. Our God is a God of healing. Our God is a God of health and wholeness, spirit, soul, and body. So there's healing in his name. Number two, prophecy fulfilled. Prophecy fulfilled. In Isaiah 53, verse four, scripture says, yet it was our weakness he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. Now, back up at the beginning of that, that scripture, it says, it was our weakness 
he carried. Now that word in the Hebrew, that word that's been translated weakness right here, 80% of the time where that word is seen in the Old Testament, it is translated sickness. If you've got a good reference Bible, which you may have in your hands right now, you may have at home, even if you're looking, looking it up on a version Bible or something like that, there will be footnotes. If you look at those footnotes, it will say that that word right there can be translated sickness. 80% of the time when that word is used, it is always dealing with, with healing from sickness. Yet it's translated here, weakness. Can sickness be a weakness? Absolutely. Absolutely, but we want to get the heart of what the Lord is saying through Isaiah right here. He, he's, he is saying it was for our sickness he carried. It was for our sorrows. Once again, that word sorrows can be translated pain. It was for our sickness. It was for our pain. That's what weighed him down. And even looking at the end of the scripture there, it says he was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. Now there are a lot of people that will take this scripture and they will preach it. Well, that's only a spiritual healing. He's talking about salvation, but that's not what the Bible tells us that he's talking about. Because if we, if, if we take that scripture and we move into the New Testament, in Matthew eight seventeen, the beginning, the, the first half of Matthew 8 is Jesus healing, 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 healing. And he goes through this whole, this, this whole list of healing. And then Matthew says, this fulfilled the word of the Lord through the prophet Isaiah. What word through the prophet Isaiah? What I just read to you. Who said he took our sicknesses and removed our diseases. So Isaiah was not talking just about spiritual healing. He was talking about physical healing as well. And Jesus is fulfilling the prophecy when he's helping people come into a place of physical healing. And then people will say, well, that was only for that time. Well, by that, that way of thinking, if it was only for that time, if Jesus is only fulfilling scripture for this one moment, then every time somebody gets saved, Jesus would have to come and die on the cross again. When Jesus fulfills something, it is eternally fulfilled. Jesus doesn't have to come every time to, be, to, to die on the cross. Oh, he died so Pastor Sam could be saved. He rose again. Oh, somebody else needs to be saved. I have to die again. That's not the way that it works. Once it's fulfilled, it is fulfilled and it is continually to be fulfilled continually fulfilled. So here out of Isaiah, Jesus is fulfilling the prophecy, but it is still being fulfilled today. It is still going forward today. He is still carrying our sicknesses and bearing our diseases. It is, it is perpetually in motion. All right. First Peter two twenty four says, he himself bare our sins in his body on the tree that we being dead to sin would live to righteousness by whose stripes we are healed or were healed. Because I'm using the King James, aren't I? We were healed by his stripes. What stripes? You know, I, I can remember hearing this when I was a kid. They would quote this and I always thought Jesus was a tiger or something. Didn't make any sense to me. Why would Jesus have stripes? What is he talking about? He's talking about what it said up here in Isaiah. He was whipped so we could be healed. And 1 Peter 2.24 says, and you could read it this way, by his whipping, you were healed. By the blood that was shed 
through his body, not on the cross, but at the whipping post, you were healed. You were healed. Why, why does he say you were healed? Because the work has already been done. The work has already been done. It is up to us once again to be a duck, to be a sponge, or to be a squirt gun. How are we going to receive it? If we hear we were healed and, and you just mentally agree with that, it's just going to roll right off of you, isn't it? Roll right off of you. You may soak it all up today and then it gets squeezed out of you because the enemy's not going to give up real easily. He doesn't. I mean, I hate to say it, but he's good at what he does. He, he just harasses and lies and, and tries to wear you down so he can squeeze that water out of you. But if we hear the word, we hold the word, we confess the word, we believe the word, we become a reservoir of the word. Pressure doesn't make it come out, does it? In fact, when the pressure comes out, what do we do? We fight the enemy with the word. <laughs> That's why it's coming out. There we go. Let me, let me tell you this real quick. Just a quick testimony. Uh, I, had a, I had a college football career that lasted about that long. Yeah, really, it was about that long. And uh, in about that much time, I got really, really hurt. I tore a muscle in my leg, and, um, but I just kept playing because as a walk-on player at this university, you had to fight for any time that you could get, even in practice. So I'm just going to fight through all this, you know, as, as we used to say back in the day, no pain, no gain. So you just kept fighting through all of this until it got so unbearable that um, I, could, I could really barely walk. So I finally went to the doctor and the doctor said, boy, you are stupid. If you had gotten this taken care of, you would probably be okay, but because you've let this go on for months and what I had done is tear and re-tear and re-tear and re-tear this muscle. He said, uh, you're gonna walk with a limp and with pain for the rest of your life. I mean, you wanna hear that from a doctor, don't you? Well, thank you. Let me give you a tip for being so friendly and uplifting this morning. So um, although that was, that was terrible news, the end result was I got saved. That's a longer story, but I got saved, came to the Lord. That was great. I left the university that I was at and I went to a Bible college. And uh, first class, first semester, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I'm in a class called Christ the Healer. And I'm sitting in this class and at first, I'm just thinking very academically. I'm listening because I'm taking notes because I'm gonna have to pass tests in this class. But after a while, it started to sink in. The word started to sink in. And I started to hear and I started thinking, this is for me. This is, this is really for me. Now, in about a, it had been about a year's time since, since I'd gone to the doctor. And in that time, I had, I had gotten to where I could walk pretty much without any pain. But I, I couldn't put a lot of pressure on it, and I definitely couldn't run. So I'm listening. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I'm hearing, I'm hearing the word. And it's starting to soak into me. And one Friday, some friends say, hey, we're going to go play football tomorrow. You want to go throw the football? And at first, that thing started to rise up inside of me and go, well, I, I can't do that because I can't run. And, but as it started to come up, I went, wait, 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 wait just a minute here. 
I've been hearing the word and I've been hearing the word and I've been hearing the word. You know what? Yeah, I will go play with you. And I went out there that next day and I ran and I've had no problem for the last 28 years because, because the word became effective in my life. Okay? Thank you, but the word can be effective in your life as well. Number three, the ministry of Jesus. Here's the third proof, the ministry of Jesus. Acts 10, 38 says, and you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good. Do you believe Jesus went around doing good? So what equals good in God's eyes? Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Understand that in, in God's scheme of things, doing good equals healing, equals health. And also sickness equals oppression of the devil. So let me just throw this out there. If anybody's sitting out here thinking, well, God's keeping me humble. God's teaching me. God gave me this sickness to make me learn something. You're missing the word of God right here. He just said sickness and oppression are from the devil. You got that? It's kind of crazy that we even have to tell people this type of thing. Remember, God is good. God is good. I don't know about you. I've been really angry at my children before, but never one time have I ever wanted to put cancer on them because they made me that angry. Right? God is good. The devil is bad. Okay? Revelation. Is the light bulb going off? If what's going on in your heart and in your life is not bringing love, joy, and peace, goodness, kindness, mercy, temperance, all these, the fruits of the Spirit, it's probably coming from over here. You got that? Okay, y'all are being really quiet. Do you have that? Do you understand what I am saying? The ministry of Jesus. 31 times Jesus healed individuals in the gospel and several times it says he healed them all. Hebrews 10, 38 tells us that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Once again, once Jesus begins doing something, even though Jesus himself is not on the scene, Jesus physically is not here on the scene, the spirit of Jesus is still here. You know where he is? He's in you. So if the enemy can convince you that sickness is, is God's plan and healing doesn't happen anymore, what is he doing? He is negating the spirit of Jesus that lives in you. Right. Is this really that heavy? <laughs> All right, number four. We're going to barrel through the end of these. Number four. We are redeemed from the curse of the law. We are redeemed from the curse of the law. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, you find a whole chapter where, where God is laying out the blessings for obedience and the curses for disobedience. Once again, God is not trying to put something on people. He is teaching. He is teaching about three million people who just came out of bondage how to live according to godly ways. So when, when you see all those thou shalt nots, thou shalt not, thou shalt, God is not trying to put something on you. What he's doing is, this is how my people live. This is how my people live. He's just trying to show everybody, this is how my people live. 
Now let's read this in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 15. It says, if you refuse to listen to the Lord your God and do not obey all the commandments and decrees I am giving you today, these curses will come and overwhelm you. Then he goes down the list here. I'm just going to throw a few of them out. It says, wasting disease and fever, inflammation and fiery heat. They shall pursue you until you perish. Boils, tumors, scabs, itch of which you cannot be healed. On you and your offspring, extraordinary afflictions, severe and lasting, sickness, grievous and lasting. All the diseases of which you are afraid shall cling to you. And just in case it wasn't mentioned, he said, and every sickness and every affliction that is not recorded in the book of the law will get you. Well, that sounds heavy, doesn't it? That sounds heavy. Why God is giving all these rules and he's saying, hey, this is the way my people live. He knew that we couldn't, we couldn't live up to it. That's why Jesus came. That's why Jesus came. So what does the New Testament tell us? In Galatians 3.13, now we just read the curse of the law. In Galatians 3.13, it says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. So all, these sick, all those sicknesses that were not mentioned back then, all these sicknesses that you are afraid of, he said, you have been redeemed from that. This is not the way that I want my children living. Okay? This is not the way I want my children living. He took away the penalty. He took away the curse. He paid the price for healing spirit, soul, and body. And I'm just going to be real honest with you. I've seen God do some crazy things in my time. I, I, was, I was standing in Orlando, Florida. And the man of God is, is praying for a little girl that was, that was born deaf. She's about 13 or 14 years old. He's sitting down, he's praying over her. I'm, I got my hand on his shoulder because I'm gonna watch this. And I'm leaning in and I'm seeing what's gonna happen right here. And that little girl is standing there and I'm looking in her eyes and I see the moment it hits, the, the pupils of her eyes just absolutely dilate. They go wide open. Her, her uh, eyes fill up with tears. What has just happened? God has just done something in her life that doctors could not do. She heard for the first time in her life. I've seen people with cancer absolutely healed and the doctors can't even tell you why. Now, let me throw this out real quick. I am not, none of this is against doctors. None of this is against doctors. I, I thank God for doctors. I thank God for medicine. Uh, I, I've been to the doctor. My family goes to the doctor. If you need to go to the doctor, go to the doctor. That's, that's great. You need to have faith to go to the doctor. All right? You need to have faith just to even go to the doctor. So this is not about doctors. I'm just telling you some of the things that I've seen the Lord do. I've seen the Lord heal people of things that the doctors could not heal them of. I have seen deadly fevers. I was in Africa and everybody in this very remote part of Africa we were in, they had fevers. And we think, oh, I've got a fever. I'll just take a little Advil or something and it'll go away, right? They did not even have uh, the ability to get any modern medicine. So a fever was absolutely deadly to them. Absolutely deadly to them. And we were praying for, for people in these villages and I prayed over a man. I, honestly, I don't even remember praying over him on the day that he says I prayed over him. But the very next day when we went back out there, he came up and through an interpreter said, I had a fever. I was sick. I felt like I was dying. But when you prayed for me, it felt like fire go through my body and God has healed me. And I go, awesome. 
The weird part was that in their culture to show honor, men show honor to other men by holding their hands. So that was a little, you know, and I'm not talking about he just, you know, took my fingers. It was interlocked like we were going to the prom or something. It was just, it, it, it was different. But that was him showing the, the highest form of honor. He, he wanted to hold my hand all day long. So we walked around everywhere and he held my hand all day long. Yeah. There was a lady one time that I was praying for. She somehow got poison ivy all over her back. And uh, I put my hand on her shoulder and I'm praying for her. And uh, she called me the next day. She said, when I went home and I took my blouse off, she said, right there in the middle of that rash, there was no rash. She said, it looked like a handprint right on her back. And she said, when I got up this morning, it was completely gone. The God even cares about us getting into poison ivy. God is that good. All right, God is that good. And very last but not least of what we're going to look at this morning is the, the, the fifth biblical proof that God wants his people healthy is the testimony of the broken body in communion. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three says, For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it into pieces and said, this is my body, which is given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. Now, a lot of people think that this is just celebrating, once again, salvation. But why did Jesus not just take the cup? If the cup represents his blood, why didn't he just say, take the cup? This represents my blood. This is your salvation. No, he did two things, right? Two things. Yes, remember the blood. Remember salvation that comes through the blood, but he's also saying, remember the broken body. What happened with the broken body? Once again, he stopped by that whipping post and took all of those stripes, all those wounds on his back so we could be physically and mentally healed as well as spiritually healed through the blood of Jesus. This cup is the New Testament between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. We're going to get ready to take communion here in just a second. But I want you to hear the end of this scripture. So anyone who eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord unworthily is guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. This is why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. For if you eat the bread or drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ, you are eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. This is why many are weak, sick, and have even died. What is he saying right there? He's saying, understand what this represents. Just like when you drink this grape juice in just a minute, that doesn't make you saved. Eating this cracker is not going to make you healed. It represents what God has done. It puts us in remembrance. It puts it in the forethought, uh, foremost of our mind thinking, Lord, this is my healing. 
This is my salvation. So we don't want to take it this morning like maybe we have many times. And the guys are going to start passing it out right now. We don't want to just take this. Don't just throw it in your mouth. Don't just drink the grape juice. But think about, meditate on what God has done. Think about what God has done. Don't let this last part roll off of you, please. Don't be a duck. Don't be a duck this morning. Let this soak into you. That as we take this, we're doing it in remembrance. We are reminding ourselves that not only has God purchased my salvation, He's also purchased my healing. He's also purchased my healing.